So welcome to this first edition of the I Am Anxiety podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. I'm really excited to be talking to you and to be able to, to record this podcast. So first, a few introductions. My name is David McLaughlin. I'll be the host of the podcast. A little bit about me. I'm uh, 44. I had to think about that there. 44. Scottish originally, now living in Australia. So if you're wondering what the accent is, it's a bit of a mix of um, Scottish and Australian. So this podcast will be about anxiety recovery. And when I say anxiety recovery, I mean recovery from anxiety, from anxiety illness. Anxiety is a, a very normal and necessary, in fact, um, emotion that we all feel and should feel throughout our lives. It's only when that anxiety becomes an illness that it really starts to become a problem for us. So the podcast will be about recovery from anxiety illness. And I'll be basing a lot of what I talk about on the book that I've written of the same name as the podcast. So I've written a book called I Am Anxiety. And the book is essentially a step-by-step guide to anxiety recovery. And so why did I write the book? So I suffered from generalized anxiety disorder for quite a few years. I'll talk a little bit in this first edition about how I got into the, the hell of suffering from an anxiety illness. I think it's important before we start talking about recovery, just to share a little bit about how it can creep up on us, um, all the different ways that anxiety can, keep, can uh, creep into our lives and become unmanageable and become an illness before we really know what's happening to us. So I'll talk about that a little bit later. but. Essentially, I wrote a book because I was suffering from generalized anxiety disorder. Life was pretty bad. Um, You know, I ended up unemployed. At one point, I ended up in the emergency ward. So things were pretty bleak. And I just wasn't getting the right help or information that I felt I needed to recover. You know, I went to so many doctors, so many psychologists, a couple of psychiatrists, and it just didn't ever seem that everything that I needed to learn everything that I needed to know and understand about my mind, about my body, about why I had ended up this way. I just didn't ever feel that I was getting all of that information all at once, in the right way, at the right time, so that I could sort of piece it together and and really recover. I always felt that recovery could and should be possible. It just didn't seem that everything that I needed to do that was readily available. So basically, I spent quite a long time really researching the subject of anxiety, really getting to grips with um, what anxiety does to the brain and, and to the body, you know, really from a physiological perspective. So starting to understand a little bit about what anxiety does in the brain, how we get stuck in this anxiety cycle of worry and fear that, that ultimately leads us into an illness. Um, and then how that manifests uh, in the body and you know, those changes that can occur in the brain. So I really spent a lot of time learning all about that. And then a lot of, of time also learning about uh, the psychological treatment options that are available for um, those of us who've suffered or are suffering from anxiety illness. And so really starting to unpick exactly how an understanding of the physiological manifestation of anxiety and what it does in the body and how combining that knowledge with the knowledge of the um, psychological treatment methods can, can actually be used together to help us recover. So it's really 
the knowledge and understanding both the physiological and the psychological that helped me. So as I said, I've spent a lot of time trying to find all that out uh, and ultimately I was able to recover. So I haven't suffered from anxiety illness for quite some time now, but I never really forgot how bad things were um, when I did suffer. And so that's why I wrote the book. Essentially, I wanted to, to help people. So the book is basically a step-by-step -step guide to recovery and it, it sort of breaks down everything that I learned and puts it into a sort of nice sequential uh, guide on, on what we need to do to really start getting to grips with what's going on for us and how we can start to unpick it and ultimately break out of that anxiety cycle. So why am I doing a podcast? Well, it's definitely not to try and sell the book. Sure, it's great if you want to buy the book, you can absolutely do that. And there's, um, I think, a link to the website in um, the, the podcast description. But really, the main reason for doing the podcast is, is the same reason I wrote the book. I want to be able to help people. Um, writing a book and publishing a book and marketing a book, is, a book is expensive, but creating a podcast isn't. So essentially, I just want to be able to turn everything that I learned, um, all of that great knowledge that helped me recover, into, uh, into something that's really easily digestible and accessible for people and free for people so that they can also recover. So that's the reason for the podcast. So the plan is to record one a week, uh, sort of following really the same sort of structure and content that the book does because it's a really nice step-by-step -step guide and step-by-step -step approach to recovery, putting all of the pieces together that ultimately leave us with um, some really clear things that we need to do. So for the first, first podcast, as I said, what I really want to do is just talk a little bit about how anxiety came into my life, my, into my life, how that then ultimately became an anxiety illness. I think if everyone can get a sense of how anxiety can creep in, uh, the different ways it can uh, come into our lives, and how those situations then ultimately turn into an anxiety illness where we, where we end up almost being afraid of the way that we feel and, and the thoughts that we have as opposed to a particular situation or a particular event, that's really when we start moving out of, you know, sort of just, just dealing with anxiety the way people do on a day-to-day -day basis and moving into having an anxiety illness where you almost become more afraid of the, this, the, the terrifying thoughts and feelings that we have on a daily basis as opposed to a particular situation. So it's not actually the stressful or worrying situations that we encounter in our life that lead us into anxiety illness. It's not those situations themselves, it's actually the changes in our brain that result because of those situations. I'll talk a lot about the brain in some later episodes, but basically the stress hormone cortisol actually causes a few parts of our brain to change. And it's those changes in the brain that lead us into anxiety illness. And when I talk about anxiety illness, um, what, I, what I essentially mean is that we start to become consumed by the anxiety itself. So it's no longer just the stressful job or the stressful partner or the stressful relationship or whatever situations have caused you to, to worry in the first place. 
what ends up happening is that we become consumed with how we feel and how we think and we go round and round and round really just caught up in those things as opposed to the situations and it's actually that stress hormone cortisol that's released by the amygdala in the brain so that's the part of the brain that controls our fight or flight response that cortisol that gets released every time we are stressed slowly starts to change a couple of parts in the brain so the amygdala and the hippocampus and those changes cause us to become essentially hyper aroused so we're constantly on the lookout for danger which means we constantly release more and more stress hormones into our body which ultimately then cause those parts of the brain to get bigger and to perform better because that's what the cortisol does it makes those parts of the brain that cause anxiety that trigger anxiety get bigger and better at doing their jobs so you can see how it becomes a cycle and how we get stuck in it the more we worry the more of the stress hormone that we release the more cortisol that's in the body the more that feeds back into those parts of the brain and causes that amygdala, that fight or flight control center to get bigger, it gets much better at doing its job and so on and on it goes. So that's what leads us into, or that's what moves us from worrying and being anxious about particular situations and events to ultimately developing an anxiety illness. So I'll talk much more about uh, the, you know, how that occurs in the brain in later episodes, but it's, it's important just to have that basic understanding of what actually ultimately causes us to develop an anxiety illness. But what I want to touch on is, is what led me into anxiety illness. What were, those, what, were those, what were some of those triggers in life events and some of those initial symptoms that um, eventually took me into to developing an anxiety illness and developing generalized anxiety disorder. Now these might be the same for you. These might resonate really strongly with you, my particular situation, or yours might be completely different. But what's important to remember and recognize, as I said, is it's not the situations themselves. It's what those situations do in the brain. It's the quantity of stress hormones that those situations cause um, the brain to release and ultimately the changes in the brain that then occur. For me, it was really the culmination of a few stressful events over a period of about 12 months. I was in a relationship that wasn't particularly good for me and also I started a new job managing a team for the first time. And both of those situations were quite stressful for me. So I, I definitely remember at the time feeling anxious and worrying about those situations. That worry continued for some time and I can remember starting to develop some strange symptoms. I started to get some tingling in my head, the top of my head and also in my neck and started to experience some numbness in my hands and feet. And I sort of ignored that to begin with. You know, I was busy focusing on the new job and trying to fix the relationship and, and so on and on this went for a little while with um, these situations continuing. My level of worry and stress about those situations continuing the amount of stress hormones being released into my body continuing to increase and slowly without me realizing um, those parts of my brain that control that stress response slowly getting bigger and bigger bigger and bigger those situations continued my level of worry intensified and um, I then remember starting to develop some other symptoms like dizziness and uh, just a general feeling of being uneasy and I didn't really at the time understand what that meant those are when looking back were definite warning signs and really if I had the knowledge then that I have now some warning signs should have been sounding very loudly for me that that I really needed to bring some control to these situations or to remove myself from these situations or at least remove the level of worry associated with them I of course didn't do that 
few other things happened. There was a bit of a health scare. And so that combined with those other situations continued to add more and more and more of the stress hormone cortisol into my already, you know, very, very tired and stressed mind. Eventually what happened is one um, night I remember going to bed and not sleeping very well at all. Um, and really then from that point on, I developed the worst insomnia. And insomnia actually became one of the biggest problems for me during my anxiety illness. Sleep essentially just became impossible. Um, and I started to become consumed and fixated on sleep or my lack of sleep. And then slowly consumed and fixated on all the other symptoms I was feeling and consumed with how bad I was feeling and consumed with what was going on in my mind and how busy my mind was. In fact, gradually those situations um, sort of left my life. Um, the relationship ended and I ended up leaving the job, but by then the damage was done. Um, I was stuck and I was constantly consumed with how I was feeling on a day-to-day -day basis, why I wasn't sleeping, why I felt so exhausted, why I was dizzy, why I was tingling, why I just didn't feel right, and on and on and on it went until eventually I really wasn't able to go to work at all. I had to leave work. Um, you know, and fast forward many, many trips to doctors, lots of medication, trips to other professionals. Um, and as I said at the beginning, you know, things got very, very bad. And really, I was just stuck in that situation for quite some time until, as I said, I, I started to acquire the knowledge that led me out of it. So that gives you a sense of uh, how I developed generalized anxiety disorder. It's quite gradual, but always the, the constant theme is, is this ever-present anxiety in the background that's slowly um, increasingly causing your brain to release more and more of that stress hormone cortisol, which ultimately, through that feedback loop, causes the part of the brain, the amygdala, that controls that fight or flight response to get bigger and bigger, much better at doing its job, until we just get so stuck that we just feel anxious and on edge all the time and become completely consumed with the way we feel and why we feel so stuck. So my reason for telling that story is to demonstrate to anyone who's listening to this podcast who at the moment is incredibly stuck and really in the depths of anxiety illness. Um, I want to let anyone who's in that situation know and understand that I was also really deeply stuck. My anxiety, anxiety was incredibly bad. Like I said, I did end up in the emergency ward uh, one very low afternoon. I wasn't suicidal. Fortunately, I never had been, but I had gone to visit my GP and my GP was quite concerned about me and sent me to the resident psychiatrist at the local hospital. That's how bad things were. So I was able to recover. It takes a long time, you know, recovery doesn't happen overnight and anyone who tells you that they can help you recover from anxiety illness in 30 days really is just looking for your money or, or whatever it is they might be trying to get from you. But it, it, it takes a while because we have to understand that it's taken a while for our brain to become unwell, for those parts of the brain to get bigger and to not work the way that they're supposed to. So it takes a while to undo that. So in telling a little bit about my story, I really want to reassure anyone who's listening and who is incredibly stuck that you can also get unstuck. It does take time, but slowly by starting to understand what's happened in your brain and what's happened in your body, 
you can then start to learn and understand how we undo that. So acquiring knowledge is really important. I can't stress enough just how important really understanding your anxiety illness is. Really get curious about it. Really start to understand the physiology of anxiety in your brain and in your body and what it does and how it does it. You know, there's some very clever physiological responses going on in our body that cause us to feel so terrible. You know, if we didn't feel so bad, we could perhaps marvel at how amazing the body is that it can actually do all this. Because remember, the brain thinks it's protecting you. That fight or flight part of the brain, that amygdala, it's one of the oldest parts of the brain. It's in the reptilian brain. It's very, very old and it really hasn't changed or adapted all that much in the history of you know, the evolution of man. Plenty of other parts of our brain have, we've adapted and we've become the dominant species that we are today, but that reptilian part, that amygdala, really hasn't changed all that much. And so it thinks it's protecting you, it thinks you're in danger, that's what we've taught it over months and months or years and years of repeated worry. So it really is quite amazing that it can do that. But what it's important to hold on to is that if it can change one way, if it can get bigger, then it can get smaller. It can absolutely change the other way. So my intent through the podcast series is to start slowly sharing those steps that we take to start undoing all of that damage that the cortisol has done to the brain so that we can slowly start to get the amygdala and the other part of the brain, the hippocampus, that I'll talk about in some other episodes. Start to get those parts of the brain back to a level of normal healthy functioning. Please remember also it's not about getting rid of anxiety. We will never be rid of anxiety. Anxiety is really important. The anxiety response that the amygdala triggers is what keeps us safe when we truly are in danger. So we need it. We need anxiety and we shouldn't be thinking that we want to get rid of anxiety. What we want to do is not have an anxiety illness. We want to stop being so consumed and fixated on our symptoms and our terrifying thoughts and feelings. And the way to do that is to undo the damage that the cortisol has done in the brain. So that's it for this first episode. I'll talk much more about many of those things I've mentioned in later episodes. And so thanks very much for tuning in and I will talk to you again next time.